Welcome to the Nine Brawl Podcast, where we tackle daily life challenges and apply God's word to illuminate and preserve his truth while leading others to salvation through Christ Jesus. Let's join your hosts. Sean Campbell here and uh, Jeff Anthony and uh, Sean. It was a tough class today. Yeah. Tell me about it. I think the subject is tough in itself. It was um, session three, which has to do with shame and forgiveness. Yeah. Um, I did leave kind of sad. I was sad in a sense because I wasn't sure how the class went, but I was encouraged um, by a couple people after class that they're like, hey, it was a really great class. So I was really encouraged by that. Good. But I was discouraged that... um, there was a lot of faces that looked like they wanted to say something and didn't. I mean, that, that's tough being one of those faces. You know, we, we've talked about with guilt and shame. I know for me, it keeps me, tends to keep, tended to keep me silent. Yeah. hope that's not the case, but it is hard making that first step. It, it certainly is. And, uh, you know, I was reminded uh, today that it, it may be easier for myself to confess things that happened in my life. And I was reminded that at one point it wasn't easy for me. Me too, man. And uh, I am thankful for my wife <laughs> for those reminders. <laughs> I'm thankful for uh, for you. And I'm thankful for, for your wife, Stacy. Uh, something that we shared in class, uh, I kind of wanted to start off with is confession is very important. Right, it's not yeah. so much the uh, just confession of sin, but also confession of the things that are dragging us down, things that are um, just making life really, really hard. And some of us don't have someone like you that we can come up and be like, "Brother, I messed up in a major way, and I need help." And uh, <clears throat> you shared with me, and I've shared with you, the sense of hopelessness that comes of not having someone available. And I shared with them, and I'm going to express here, if you feel like someone in our class or someone in your life, if you feel that no one's really equipped or you're just afraid of the shame of what's going on in your life, our church is teamed up with Christian Works, which is a phenomenal organization. Um, They have counselors uh, for everything from sexual abuse to just common day living issues. Wow that are available to us. Um, you can look up on the website, uh, Christian Works. It's here in Fort Worth. And it's absolutely a free service to us or very minimal charge at all. Uh, part of our thanks and giving money goes to that organization. Oh, nice. So that's available to you. If uh, you feel that you just need someone to listen, you have both my number and Sean's number. Definitely. Um, I know you have mine because it's going to go through the text message. So I know you have it. Sean, if you can just repeat your number for them. Well, actually, a lot of the guys replied in Savannah. You know, when I said, hey, I need you to tell me your number or reply with your name. So I know your number. And yeah, they really stepped up. So I appreciate that. But on your point, man, like I said at the beginning, like we're working on the trust thing. But, you know, you can't shock me. I have been there and done that and been stupid enough and sinful enough to go back and do that. So like, and there's no judgment, you know, like we just talked about that, you know, I know, you know, and I know when we both screw up, but 
we've got that relationship to know i'm not going to beat you over the head when you come with it you know and like like you said you're going to know that you really messed up and you're going to tell me that and that's important for on a lot of levels but also hope that reinforces the fact that you're the one (laughs) you know abusing yourself potentially and it's not me and i'm there to encourage you to you know you've already been rebuked by the holy spirit in your conscience that you know i'm there to encourage you through it help you walk through it so you can see that you're better than you acted so um with that being said i think it's a great way to segue into uh the question i i I posed then um to you what is shame or what is guilt and what is shame are they same thing are they different that was a really important thing for me to to sort out um as i mentioned in my introduction back in early january um i just felt guilty constantly because i was broken i i i was you know from abuse as a kid and then the sin that led me in because i didn't know how to cope i was actually guilty of things because i was sinful i was lying about it i was committing sexual sin as a kid because that's the only way i could recover from abuse but because of that actually doing wrong that became my identity and i listened i listened to my friends i listened to church leaders i listened to satan and i'm not equating those three but shame is something that was external to me shame is something that those negative voices put on top of you and guilt is i've done wrong i've done bad things shame told me i was bad and it was it's really important for us to get that distinction because one is righteousness and a work of the holy spirit the other one is unrighteous and is a work of satan himself and that's something that was discussed in class today um you know we had a a, a few or a couple of people actually speak up and uh you know thank you to them for sharing uh, their viewpoints that guilt is not a bad thing yeah that it really is a good thing yeah um and which we've discussed over the last two months right yeah um as it gets dark in here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's get deep yeah uh it really is because we talked about you know conscience your conscience your yeah. the, the holy spirit right we know that God's law is written in our heart, and that's why we have that guilt. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. You and I share um, a lot of things in our lives, very similar uh, in past. And you're absolutely right. The devil loves to keep us in that darkness. Um, and I've said in class, there is a difference between uh, shameless and shameful, yeah. right? Yeah. And... Um, well, you and I have discussed this briefly. So when I when I when I'm saying that to you, what does that mean to you, as far as being shameless versus shameful? That really, I think, shameful connects to what I just said. Like, just I can't escape that. And as I I've, I've said several times to you, is that was me proving how to myself how little God was. I was so full of shame and guilt, but shame. And Satan said, 
you think this God you follow can save you? <laughs> think again. And so I was, I became my own God because I was that evil. And I listened to Satan say, you can't get out of this. And God is too small to fix this. God is too small to fix you. And it took a lot of pain and a lot of work and a lot of redemption um, and study in scripture and discipleship with my brothers to get to the point where I'm shameless. And it's not about just being not feeling shame, I think. I think it is because being redeemed from the shame that, that man, I know what it feels like to be trapped. I know what it feels like to feel like you can't do anything different. And man, look what I did. Yeah, but look what God did. And now it's the inverse. <laughs> look how awesome our God is because of how much I sucked. <laughs> yeah, I'm this miserable, you know, Hutt talked about it today in Romans 7, a wretched man that I am, who can deliver me from this body of death? And I'm like, just I'm, I am absolutely wretched. Look at what God is. And so we shouldn't go sinning that grace may abound. He talks about Paul talks about that in Romans chapter six, but, but man, look, look how evil I was like, no kidding. Like, look and not glorifying that, but just, I know what it's like, but man, our God is great in, in comparison to that. And look what he's redeemed me from because that's, that's the, that's the good news that the world needs to hear. You know, John says, the angel spoke to John in Revelation that, you know, we will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And I think our testimony is strongest when we are, man, I get it. You want it? Like, I can show you my bona fides. Like, I get it. But look what God did. You're right. I am a hypocrite. Because of all these things, look what God done. Look what he's still doing. And I think think that's that's where I go when I think about shameless it's not just the old Garth Brooks song um, but like it is just completely different it, it, it's categorical different of, of just being stuck in that shame but now it it's funny we're getting the last laugh devil you're right I was awful you're also right that God is too big for you I know that's kind of a surprise a long version of the answer for me but but I think I think that's that's what the church is missing is because we feel guilt and then that we allow satan to say that's shame and you don't deserve grace i know i was afraid to talk about my sin because i was afraid of what they would think of me because i already felt bad enough but now like dude seriously <laughs> look where i was 10 years ago look where i was last year probably last week Man, you want to know what God did? Light came back on. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Maybe that's a good sign. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And, and and thank you for being bold enough to talk about your past, right? Um, you and I had a brief conversation um, about last night as I was getting prepared for uh, today's class. Uh, Lainey was sitting in bed with me and... I was talking to her about the Bible verse about uh, God's forgiveness that it goes as far as um, east to west, yeah. you know, and 
when she explained that to me, I was just like, oh, it's so amazing, right? That if you start in the East and you start heading West, the compass will always be reading West. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, here's a six-year-old that understands that. <laughs> Nailed it. And I'm like, at six-year-old, I was like, what's the next He-Man episode? Right. You know, I know seriously. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, because I thought, you know, okay, you know, that signs go West. That go, sign goes. So maybe it's, you know, this far, but like, that's deep. Because I've been stuck in the woods with the compass and you can't just keep going west and you may find yourself, you may just get more lost, but you can go on west forever. Even if you get to what we would call the east, you're still going west, which is just like mind blown that your daughter got there way before I did. (laughs) Yeah, you and me both. Yeah. But, you know, I was amazed. But and then I, I asked her, I was like, oh, so... Why did God not say as far as north is to the south? What'd you say? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Which I was like, oh, okay. Which makes sense because she's yeah. six, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh. So when we explain that, right, obviously we can travel from north going south and we'll get to the most southern point. And when we start traveling, the compass will eventually turn north. Which means that forgiveness is now over. Over. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's amazing how smart God was. <laughs> you know, the, that's why I, I hesitated because, like, it, it just constantly he shows he is truly omniscient. He knows everything and knows that one day we'd invent compasses and one day we could actually see, like, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Someday you'll kind of get an idea. You know, that you can you can never stop going west. You can never stop going east. You'll go round and round in circles, but you'll keep going that direction. That is how much I love you. That is how far apart your sin is from my life that I give you. <laughs> I was gonna go to some of the scriptures, but that's gonna just <laughs> derail this whole thing. <laughs> Because when I think of, you know, I'm going to go a little bit into it. I'm going to get out of it right away. Good luck. Hey, yeah. (laughs) When we're talking about dinosaurs, right? The behemoth. Okay. uh, Leviathan, right? Think about uh, the tides, how they work. Like, all of that is in his word prior to science. Yeah. Finding this stuff out, right? Right. And then we talked about how... Uh, when Moses was getting ready to give over um, the Israelites to Joshua and God was like, all right, man, I'm going to let you see everything. He's like, and I'm going to allow you, allow them to have all of this because my word is true. I don't ever go behind. I don't ever, you know, uh, he's not like us. Like, right. Oh, I know I said that, but I changed my mind. Yeah. He, he's true. And then he tells them, these are all the things that are going to happen. Yeah. Cause I want, I want my own God to lead me. And so the God, capital G, said, well, this is what you're going to get. Surprise, he was right. Yeah. He called it. You know, He said he's going to come up with armies. He's going to steal from you. He's going to take your wives. He's going to take your sheep and lamb. He's going to take all your money so he can build this castle. And then he's going to go fight wars that you don't agree with. They all did it. I mean, it started with the first one. He did all those things. Saul did all those things. <laughs> but even he talks about Solomon and the amount of wives 
<laughs> and I'm like, oh, I mean, that's why I, I talk about my kids. God, Solomon asked for wisdom to rule and God gave it to him. He gave him what he asked for. And that's it. Not because he was a jerk, but because I'm going to show you, honestly, how east from the west, he was in just incredibly wise you know the two women saying that was their baby just incredibly wise but this idiot marries like 900 people so he's smart in the in the courtroom the bedroom dude lost his mind it's kind of like his dad <laughs> yeah not far from the tree huh i mean are you gonna i mean that's a good segue into psalm 101 yes um you know I will sing of your steadfast love and justice to you, O Lord. I'll make music. I will ponder the way that it's blameless. And oh, when will you come to me? In verse 2, I will walk with integrity of heart within my house, and I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. You are great. He's telling God, you are great, and you're going to take care of anything. And, and that's after he had Uriah kill. That's after he took Bathsheba as his wife. That's after his first son died. That, that's, that's after Absalom raped Tamar and his other son tried to take over the kingdom from them. He's saying, I can be redeemed from all this. And all he knew is that God was going to save Israel through his son. He didn't know when that was going to happen. He didn't see that, you know. David wrote this in the early 900s BCE, you know, he, he couldn't see it, but he believed it. Yeah. You know, we talked about Psalm 103 as well. And, uh, I, I got a little bit emotional, you know, I got a little bit emotional and, and I want to share with, share this with you guys. Um, hopelessness is such an awful thing. It leads to so much destruction. Yeah. There isn't, there isn't, we don't see a sign that says road to redemption, only road to damnation. Condemnation. Yes. And, and I think that's why I was so sad today because I, I don't want anyone to experience hopelessness. And I'm so blessed to be able to, to, to see and read and understand God's word now compared to trying to do it in the dark. Yeah to accept his light in my life, right? And when you reading 103 and kind of what you're discussing, when we look at David, who's a man after God's own heart and the awful things that he did and the awful things that his family did, right? Those generational curses that continued, yeah. you know, God never gave up. God hasn't given up on us. Still. I will never give up on us if we give up on God. I know I did. And I, oh, I, yes, me too, brother. And to, to read this, right? Blessed the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Blessed his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities. Let me read that again. All your iniquities, who heals all oh. your diseases diseases who redeems your life from the pit i'm gonna stop there because there's just to there is so much more and we we can cover that but if we just stop at the benefits there's one benefit that he gives us that we as we ease them out will never obtain by ourselves and that's salvation and when i think about and it says here 
that's why I stopped, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. mercy. Steadfast. Doesn't move. Days. Constant. Constant. Persistent. Yes. Everlasting. Because Lord actually knew and knows that that's what I needed to hear is love and mercy and grace was possible in spite of all that. And as I said in several times, I think so far in this class, like I didn't believe that until I met Stacy. She's, I know my family loves me. I have friends who care for me, but Stacy was the first person I saw I met that showed steadfast love and mercy. And she said, yep, you did all the things. So what? That's not who you are. She was speaking the truth of the gospel to me. It's the first time I saw it. And it took, it took that at 27, been in church my whole life. I did not understand God until I met Stacy. And I'm so thankful that uh, he put her in your life. Yeah. To think about that steadfast love, right? Like you said, consistent. Someone, and I shared this before, that someone told me once that it will take eternity for God to reveal reveal his complete love and that, to me that was just like a mind-blowing thing to to understand like it's just it's never gonna end we're, we're never going to see the end of his love and that's awesome news because if we good could get to the end of his love he's not omnipotent he's not eternal so it is that is completely consistent with the nature of god because if he's not that we can get to the end of his love. We can see that, you know, we can get to the end, see the end of his power. We can see the end of, of who he is if he's not that. But because God reveals himself to be eternal and omnipotent, you know, all powerful and omniscient, all knowing and all good, all loving, it's great news and he's right but i hadn't thought about it it's great news that it'll take eternity for us to understand the greatness of god's love and it just reminds me of what he says love covers a multitude of sins yeah. that's the mercy right that's the mercy that he did yeah that and the biggest part of how grateful i am of him knocking down my barrier that i've put up by my shamefulness right that whole part of like darkness will not overcome he's like let me let me knock down your lego wall <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it was right? pretty lame yeah, yeah. pretty much but, yeah. but it worked for yeah. me and uh that love that he showed me is what allows me to be able to be transparent with others and it's an encouragement to have someone like you and to have other people around me that god's like you need to go and tell them because they've been through that walk. Yeah. I've helped them through that. They're going to help you through it. I can do it all myself, but yeah. you need to realize how important the body is. Yeah. Why this was a good idea, too. Surprise. Yes. You know, just while you were talking, this struck me. Part of it is in Hutt's sermon this morning, you know, that we can't be good enough for the law. The law simply condemns. But grace shows us that. And just as we're talking about being shameful, shame never worked. You suck, you suck, you suck. Never worked. When you're saying, yep, that happened. You're better than that. Grace fixed it. Shame just made me dig in more. Shame did not work. 
the law does not change our behavior, it just condemns us. And God isn't about condemning, God is about convicting. Condemnation is shame. All shame did was pour on condemnation. But grace, like, yep, that happened. You're better than that. Yeah, I am. And I'm not sinless. I sin less now because I get people have shown me grace and I want to reward that. You know, it is positive motivation because, hey, yep, you're broken. You were broken. You were busted. That isn't your identity. Guess what? You were made for more than this. And now I want to be more than that because you said, yeah, we're, we're good now. Um, do better. Go and sin no more. Okay. I'll do that now. And I can, and I want to. And, and I shared this with uh, a couple of people after class who were talking about uh, today's sermon and how much, because if you go back at through everything we recorded so far, do you know what we've talked about consistently? Romans six, seven, and eight. <laughs> so we're in the huh. my favorite part, <laughs> right? Because you asked me, like, how do you give the gospel? First thing I said, I start with Romans. Yeah, yeah, right. I, and we're at that part. Yeah, we're at that part. And I hope you can hear it, like how much I enjoy six, seven, and eight. Six is like you suck. Yeah. Seven is like. You really suck and you can't help but, yourself. And, and but, this is why. Yeah. <laughs> but look, look yeah. what God can yeah. do. And here comes spoiler for next week, guys. <laughs> there, there is therefore now no, no condemnation, condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Praise be to you, God, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. But he puts the he puts the period on it in seven what twenty four, right? He, he just says, in case you miss anything, oh wretched man that I am, who can deliver me from this body of death? And we talked about, you know, he said, I can't, I can't get past the sin. I'm stuck in the sin. I do the things I don't want to do, and you know. People have argued, well, he was talking about his life before Jesus. No, he's talking about right now. Maybe he's just being hyperbolic and making illustration. But he he says it, oh, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Because the law can't do it. But I thank God through his son, Jesus Christ, because there's no condemnation for those who are in Jesus. It, and right now, man, I just remind, reminds who knew the law? Paul. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, like, it's like, don't come at me, bro. You want to come at me? I'm going to tell you about the law. I know the law. I was the Pharisee of Pharisees. Dude, I knew the law forwards and backwards, front and back, the top to bottom. I knew the law. Yeah. Oh, man. And it condemned me. And he was right. It blinded him, literally and figuratively. It blinded him. So Jesus said, ha, you're blind. Let me show you how blind you are. You need me to see. So going into that, I'm going to go ahead and we're going to go Bring down. It. We're going to go down this because I get super excited about it. So he's on his road to Damascus, right? He falls off his horse and he's like, what is he doing? Like, who are you? Who are you, Lord? <laughs> like, he knew. Like, like, somehow he knew yeah. that, who are you, Lord? Yeah. Because 
he knew that was all they could do that, you know, even though he didn't believe in him, really. <laughs> yeah. And and I think about, like, how quick his turn was. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's like, who are you? Because I'm the one you're persecuting, right? Jesus. And he's like, what can I do for you? Yeah. And it wasn't like a, oh, Hang on a second. Let's figure this out. You know, I'm on my way to Damascus to kill your followers. And just you flip suddenly and say, okay. Yeah. You know, you got it. I think of the, oh, you must have studied it for when you were in the military um, in the Chinese uh, war, the art of war. Art of war, right? Sun Tzu. Yeah. 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 Whereas like, you have to study your enemy, yeah. right? Know your, know your enemy. Know your enemy. Yeah. And that's what I was like, dude. It like, he studied the Christians, even though he was killing them. Like, oh. yeah. Like, he knew. And you think about all the stuff. And I brought it up to you. It's like, I can't remember where I read it that Stephen's death was the most impactful thing to Paul. Could be. Yeah. Right? That he was there. That he was holding the coats of those people. And Stephen did the exact same thing that Jesus did forgive them. Yeah. While he was being killed. Yeah. I mean, can you, like, trying to process that. You are, you have to do A, B, C, X, Y, and Z, 614, 615. Oh, yeah, we invented 600 more that you can't even pick food on the Sabbath. You know, your cart falls over and you're going to go bankrupt because you don't have anything. Two, I'm blind, but now I can see. Because I bet, I mean, the Pharisees knew Jesus was crucified. I bet what he said on the cross got around. So I, I bet, I don't know, there's no evidence for this. I just think, um, which is unreliable, by the way, but I think <laughs> that he knew Jesus said those things. He understood Jesus didn't fight back. And now he's holding the coats for people to stone this guy who's doing the exact same thing. He's preaching the truth in love. He's willingly submitting to this evil thing that people are doing to them and says, Father, forgive them. If only I can be so blessed to be like that, if something like that was to happen. Yeah. Right. But what a great example. And just to bring us back, just to bring us <laughs> oh, back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, because we see Paul confessing here yeah right to the church yeah like this isn't like a post-it note in the back of the church hey man i sinned he's telling the church in rome i am dude i'm constantly having to repent i'm constantly not good enough you, you ever think how important that is that he's confessing to rome because if, if we look at history, who was setting religious laws? The Romans were. Yeah. Even though they didn't believe. Yeah. <laughs> but but we see, right? Because yeah. he's talking about, he's like, this un, this unseen God, this is Jesus. Mm -hmm. So he's our, the, the Romans, we can say whatever we want. They were very religious people. Yeah. They had many gods, but they yeah. were very really religious. religious. You know? So to see this and how important... You know, because, and I think that's why we use the Roman road, why it's such an important thing on the way we should live our life. You know what I mean? Do you know the Roman road? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, if not, you know yeah, what? Yeah. If not, I can get the things. I think that'd be something great. 
I will probably forget until I re-listen to this, and then I'll order it. So, Jeff Anthony, make sure you order the Roman Road for uh, the class. But just thinking about, like, when I think about Paul's life, how important and how God works and how smart he is, right? The finest of details. For him to have been born in Rome, to have the audience, because he was a Roman citizen, what came out of his mouth mattered. Yeah. Had it been anyone else but him, would have been Wasteland. Yeah. God's so amazing. Yeah, constantly. So amazing. But if we look at it, we we not we know we fall short from Christ. There, there's yeah. But if we were to sit, look at just the way Paul lived, we fall even we fall equally as short, right? And we know where did he put himself? Yeah. Be, be, I am dumb a scum, right? I'm the greatest of sinners. Yeah. And and to know that he is willing to be humble enough to be like, I am a sinner. I battle constantly. And everyone's like, oh, what do you struggle with? What do you struggle with? Does it matter? Doesn't matter. <laughs> he was shameless. Paul was shameless. In writing to the church and where he was born and where he died, coincidentally, look how wretched I am. His, Paul is shameless. So much so that he wrote it down, and he had to have known we'd be reading this. We we had several questions so before we we get into there, uh, into those, and we're gonna go through them fairly quickly because I think we've talked really a lot of what I felt like we missed in okay. class today. Uh, if you if you could leave them, our brothers and sisters of our class, words of encouragement, and I say this with love in my heart to stop being on this pedestal of Christian privilege <laughs> and to come down to where we should be, which is that, well, what we were made of dirt, because we recognize that you and I, God has blessed us to recognize that we are wicked. Yeah. We are sinners saved by Christ. <laughs> Grace alone. Yes. And I, I'm not saying that our brothers and sisters think they're above that. They're not, that they're sinless. Yeah. Right. I'm not saying that, but I encourage, I, how can we, how, what would you leave them to be able to receive God? I Thank you, Lord. How can we help them to, to stop standing in the way of God knocking down their wall? God is so much bigger, so much bigger than any of us give him credit for, even in our best moments and because he's so much bigger because he's so much wiser he's given us the big c church but right now he's given us this small c church with shameless men and women who may have been there and done that or maybe praise god didn't <laughs> but all of us know we're only here by grace we all know that there's nothing we could possibly do, and trying to do it just made it worse. God has given us the courage to show the same grace that he did. And it's my hope that the students and young professionals can see that, that you and I and both of our respective Azar Canedo our life-giving counterparts we're all in this together and we constantly witness to each other 
and that we are here and God put us in this place right here. And we talk about it, you know, how in the world did the two of us get here in this class with these young adults? But I believe that's, that's what God is saying is guys and gals. I'm going to put these two knuckleheads. Amen. (laughs) I'm going to put these two bumbling idiotic sinners here so that you know you're safe put these two men who are truly shameless who know that we've only been led through the fire through the water by god's grace and you know i'd couch it in military terms if i make it through this minefield i know it's only by the grace of god but man i'm gonna turn around i'm gonna walk this path back there and i'm gonna walk with my brother i'm gonna walk with my sister through that and i'll say man don't step there (laughs) i did look at the wounds i've got because i sat there i mean i'm not going to judge you if you do but believe me i'm going to be there to pick you up and i will be those one of those four friends that will cut through the roof to get you to jesus Mm -hmm. i'll i want to be that good samaritan has no reason to help you but feels compelled to do that because of the grace of god pay your medical bills pay your hotel bill until i get back think that's it that (laughs) he put the two of us here because how easy it is to feel like you have to have it all figured out and we are living walking breathing shameless examples that you don't and you can't and that's okay because like paul says in chapter seven the law just condemns us that's not god we're so lucky that that is not him yeah i know i thought it was him I made the law, I made the Bible my God, I made the church my God, I made Satan my God, because I couldn't get any of it right. This is the second day in a row that I heard that statement, I made the Bible my God. (laughs) Elaborate. (laughs) In five minutes. Five minutes. All right, so I'm teaching the class on Islam, Islam, and Nabil Qureshi talks about this exactly. One of his professors, Bart Ehrman, made the Bible his God. So when his, after he finished Moody Bible School, got his MDiv, Master of Divinity, went to Harvard, and his his professor made him a chump and said, you can't trust the Bible. He became an atheist. Like, nominated as the principal like president of the American Atheist Society. And he said he made the Bible his God. When we focus on the Bible, we make the Bible our God. The Bible tells us what we're supposed to do. It shows us what God wants, shows us what people who tried to follow him did. It is an accurate description of history, and it just points us to the why. God and his son and his Holy Spirit are so much more than the Bible. They need to be our why. They need to be our God. I know too often I make an idol out of the Bible. I make that more important than the truth of, of God. And then that makes that makes my Bible a lowercase God, even though it's telling me about the uppercase God. Because this tell, tells me what Jesus showed us why. And when we start with why things go so much better and that's that's what makes us shameless because i can feel this way 
I can know this to be true because who God is, who he revealed himself to be in Jesus and who he still is through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I think that was before five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's amazing. Because uh, like I mentioned, it's the second day that, I, that I've heard it. Huh. And the first time I heard it, they were talking about the Pharisees, that how easy it is for us to pick on the Pharisees. And when... <laughs> When Jesus is telling them, you you study the law, you do all these things, but you don't see me. So you know nothing. Yeah. You're making the law your life versus me being your life. Yeah. Right? And, and we can read it. Right? And it's, it's not till yeah. those things happen, right? It, so if I was to ask you, if the Bible's not God, then what is the Bible? <laughs> Well, the Bible is the Word of God. And nothing that I said, so we shouldn't read the Bible. That is not what I meant. <laughs> That's not what I said. We need to study the Bible. We need to know what God says and what God wants. We need to understand who He is. But just like it'll take eternity for us to understand God's love, we're not going to be reading the Bible in heaven. We're going to be witnessing God's presence. The end. So they asked us that question. Okay. And they said, here's the answer. Oh. <laughs> it's I have a cheat sheet. You mean it's in the Bible? <laughs> it is. <laughs> Go figure. And then uh, the reader came into class today, and I, this is the scripture I actually had her read, which is great. So I think it's an excellent way for us to, to understand. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Okay. What's missing from that list? Salvation. All right. The Bible can't save you. Yeah. The Bible can point you to what can save you, but it's definitely good for that. It is breathed out by God. It is, and I mean, they, we'll talk about this this summer with the apologetics and the reliability of the Bible, which is in itself miraculous. But Paul tells Timothy, this book is good for all those things. Can teach you, I can correct you, I can disciple you, but I'm saved through grace alone, through the power of Christ, the risen God from the dead. So we need this book. This book can't save me. Only the living God can save me. This will help me get there. But just like Paul on the road to Damascus, just like me with Stacy, I had to see God in the flesh for me to actually believe this book, for me actually to me receive grace. I had to see Jesus. Paul had to see Jesus. I think we all need to see Jesus and somebody else to really understand that miraculous, life-changing, life-giving power. Because this, this book is truly incredible. It is miraculous that it survived and was transmitted so reliably, so well. But that is just a sign of God's greatness. It is a great way for him to communicate to us. But he wired us for relationships and then capped that off by saying, look, when you enter into this perfect relationship with me, I'm going to help you get there through a relationship with somebody else. Church said. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So we're coming up to an hour. So I think that's we're going to have to try to land this plane. Just want to make sure I'm not leaping anything else out. I think, I think we covered everything. I appreciate you for taking time to join me for the podcast today. 
Yeah. Thank you for blessing with me, blessing me with some clarity on some of the stuff. Right. Even yesterday, I when they were explaining it to me, they left that out, even though, hmm. you know what I mean? That's kind of, they're like, oh, it's, it's God. But the part of like, oh, yeah, it's not salvation. Uh, right. And that's just to show you guys, like I said in class today, I'm going to learn a lot from you because you have something that I don't have, which is the history of growing up in the church, the history of having God's word all throughout your life. And that's why I encourage you guys to speak up. And if I'm wrong, please tell me. I mean, I mean, challenge you on it, but <laughs> so, don't worry. I will, I will call you on it. So, there's at yeah. least one. Well, at least I have seven more weeks before that happens. <laughs> but no, I, in in all in all truth, I hope that you guys can be honest and bold to just show your nakedness. And I know that Scripture talks about in the past to be careful, right? of of showing your nakedness but when we go back to genesis 3 we're going to return to nakedness that we're fully seen and we're fully known but you know they were naked all the time it was sin that made them feel shame made them that guilt brought to shame that they had to hide from god and from each other you know this isn't a nudist colony <laughs> but they got it right they could walk shameless. Literally everything laid bare. It was sin that said, I need to hide that. We, we're going to go ahead and end uh, the conversation there. I just uh, want to remind you uh, that next Saturday is Mission Point in Quinlan, Texas at the... You remember the Boyle's name? Children's Home. Boyle's Children's Home. And uh, last year we did a lot of cleanup, some maintenance work. Yeah. Um, and then we, I forgot to mention, we hung out with the residents yeah. there, right? And yeah. to think of the things in their life that's going on and why they're there, yeah. to see the smiles on their face. Yeah. It taught me so much and how much they bless me by just interacting with them. Yeah. Right. And I've shared with them what, what that place, you know, um, uh, it was battered, battered women, yep. right? Um, there's some adoptions that happened there yep. as well. You know, despite their situation, they have hope. Yeah. Right? And then, and then I'm just thinking that right now, it's arms of hope. I believe it's what the, the so. right? Yeah. It's like, that's just amazing. I mean, they, they mean it. Yeah. You know, I'm just thinking that was our one-year anniversary. Yes, sir. It was... It was on there picking up trash last year when you know, God said, Hey, ask this guy about his shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and then just in a matter of minutes, God said, this guy is different. And I said, I need to be his friend <laughs> because I know I'm different. I could tell from the start you were shameless. So this, this is a good place. God does stuff apart from just doing the thing. And I'm so thankful that I wasn't being a little prissy girl <laughs> to be like, I can't, I can't dirty my hands. <laughs> Walking around but, with the trash bag. And anyone who knows me, like, it's not beneath me to go clean. I just prefer not to go do that. <laughs> but it just shows, once again, when we love God, we're willing to do the things that we don't want to do to, to honor him. And uh, 
and he's faithful and rewards yeah. us in that. It's not about the reward, but absolutely. But what an amazing gift that he gave me of your friendship. And I truly, truly mean that. Like, Edith laughed the other day. I was like, yeah, I couldn't bother Sean. I had to share him with other people. (laughs) (laughs) He's my friend. (laughs) But I truly, truly appreciate that. Likewise, um, brother. And that's why I think we encourage you guys to to be bold and to put yourselves out there. Because I don't think you understand what you're going through and how... God is helping you overcome it, how it can help your brother or your sister. Yeah. And like beyond measure, beyond measure that you're, you're a lifeline for that other person. And that's how important you are. You are valued. Your opinion value doesn't mean we'll agree, but it, it's valued, but be there for each other. There's nothing greater than to have a friend and, uh, to have a friend that you're willing to die for. Scripture yeah. talks about that too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and pray us out. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for your ways. We're thankful for never ceasing to, to provide us salvation, to fight yes. for us. I'm just amazed that you want us, Lord. Because <laughs> there's times I think that I don't even want myself. Yeah. Thank you for not giving up on us. Thank you for continuously fighting for us. Thank you for for giving us your son to live a life in perfection so that his blood can cleanse us in order for us to have eternity with you. Yes. So we can truly, truly understand what your love is. Father, if you were to grace me with that kind of love and salvation, Lord, I look forward to eternity with you. Yes, Lord. And I pray that many of us can can be there with you. Help us to be a light for others, Lord. Help us to lead people to you. Help us to understand we are not you and we don't have the power to save, but we can certainly help spread your word so people can come to you, Lord. Lord, we love you and we thank you. We pray this in the name of your son, Jesus, our King, our Savior. Amen. Amen. This concludes this week's podcast. Just remember, when the world tries to get you to backslide, all you gotta say is, Nah, bro!